This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in this week to SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, as we are ready to get you set for another Friday night of high school football. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at SETN Preps. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Chris Goforth One. Make sure you like our Facebook page, subscribe, rate, and review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm. While you're at Anchor.fm, you can leave us a voice message. Tell us uh, where we were wrong this week. You can also check us out on YouTube and our website, setnpreps.com. We're on Instagram as well. So, Chandler, here we go. We are ready to move into, can you believe, can you believe this is week three? Golly, it just came and, came and just rocked our world, Chris, this high school football. And now we're, it's going by too fast. It's like a kid growing up and you just want to say, slow down, slow down. Well, put a brick on its head. Give it a pack of cigarettes or something to slow the growth a little bit. Is that All what right. you do with your kids, Chris? Is that what goes on? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, mine are, mine are growing. There's, uh, I've tried to slow it down. I haven't resorted to cigarettes yet, but um, it, it may yeah. come later. may come later. <laughs> All right, let's get into, by the way, uh, welcome those of you joining us on WEPG in South Pittsburgh, WSDQ in Dunlap. We are a podcast that has turned into a radio show. So glad to have you guys along with us. We'll try to get you set for your Friday night of football. Chandler, as, uh, let's lead things off as we always do with some news and notes stuff. Uh, I, I'm going to go first because I've got some, some information. Was able to confirm this week, and we've talked about this since way back in the summer, that we thought thought there would be a lot of high school teams that would look to move key games to Finley Stadium this year, and I, I had said earlier that I knew of a couple of private schools, Macaulay, Baylor, and Boyd Buchanan, that had all reached out to Finley Stadium to see about moving their game there. Well, we can now confirm that the Baylor-Macaulay game set for October 2nd, that game is going to be played at Finley Stadium. They're doing that mm. in order to allow more fans be able to come in. That's a huge gate. Um, I, I would say uh, as far as games actually played in Hamilton County, that game, the baylor McCauley game, is probably the biggest gate that any school uh, has all year. So they're going to move that game to Finley to be able to allow more people to come in. Not surprising. Again, we thought this would be the case. I'm surprised we haven't heard more of it. Uh, but we do know for certain that Baylor McCauley will play October 2nd at Finley Stadium. Happy to see it. I mean, that, that's just a, a fantastic move by both schools to, to get in there and get Finley Stadium. And, of course, we've talked about the, the potential of being able to space out fans and do those kind of things, and we thought everybody was just insane not to be going for that in the first place or, or anybody to try, not trying to go after that. Yeah, and a couple other things that we can uh, put out there as well, uh, specifically for Macaulay. Macaulay home games this year, they're only going to allow somewhere between 1,000 to 1,100 fans. They will do temperature checks and health screenings uh, at the gate, so you're going to have to have your temperature checked before you can enter. They're doing contactless tickets that will be purchased online. Now, this is for all Macaulay home games. Mask will be required at all times. 
So if you're going to a Macaulay game this year, that's what you got to know. You got to have your mask on. You'll have to buy your tickets online and be prepared to have your temperature taken when you get there. They're still working on how many students they're going to allow to attend games this year. Macaulay and Baylor both have tremendous student sections. The The spirituals at Macaulay, which is a, a group of guys there that, that paint themselves up and, and attend all the Macaulay games, and it's, it's, it's a different group of guys every year, and it's... Um, it's really fantastic, and it's it's a neat thing to see. So I hope they're able to work it out to be able to get as many of those students because I think Baylor and Macaulay both have great student sections. Uh, they will not allow tailgating this year at Macaulay, so no tailgating. Now, also, Macaulay, with a slight change in their schedule this year, uh, they will play Brentwood Academy tonight, which is a big game. One, frankly, Chandler, it's one we should be talking about. I think it will be one that we'll talk about on our review show for next week. We've got a couple other games that we're going to highlight today, but coming up on our, our Monday podcast where we take a look back at the weekend, I think that's going to be one of the games that we'll be, uh, we'll be looking back at. Macaulay, though, will play two teams from out of state this year on September the 11th so a week from Friday Macaulay will play Bishop Sycamore which is from Ohio and then later on in the year on October the 23rd Macaulay will play Life Christian Academy and they are from Virginia Macaulay with only eight games this year you know we've talked about and we've had this sentiment for coaches as far as in the private school you know divisions that Less games is less is more almost, um, and it helps you out. You know, with the public schools, a lot of times they want it. You want to keep going. You want to keep momentum because you. A lot of times those teams, even if they're talented, they need that momentum to keep going week to week to week and get a roll into the playoffs. Now the private schools probably still need that, but as far as a an injury standpoint, as far as kind of getting rest, I know Macaulay's more front end rest, and they'll kind of have to play through the rest of the season. Um, you know, I, I think Macaulay is in a good position to, to have a short, a shorter season, and that may help them down the road as they're not getting the normal wear and tear that they would at a 10-game schedule, you know, especially late. AP poll came out for week two, got a lot of Chattanooga area teams on there. We'll see how that goes. Uh, 6A, McMinn County, number four, Bradley Central receiving votes. Uh, any thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, I think, McMinn County, based upon what they've done through the early part of the season, is probably a team that uh, right now deserves to be ranked. I mean, they've been pretty dominant through the first two weeks mm-hmm. with wins over a rival in McMinn Central. They won that game with a shutout, and then they blew out Sequoia this last week. If you had to take one or the other, rather Central or McMinn in a game right now, who are you picking? I'd take McMinn right now. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, Class 5A, Ray County number 8. Uh, we'll talk about that game against Walker Valley later this week. That's going to be going on later this week. And uh, I think that could be a pivotal game on maybe who keeps stays in the AP Top 10 there. Yeah, it could very well be. I think that's a, uh, uh, it's, it's a big matchup, and it's one that we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes. Yeah, we've been hopping up East Hamilton, Chris. They're number 5 in Class 4, right, right behind Anderson County at number 4. Uh, I think East Hamilton's a really good team. I think they're they're a team that I think when we play that Red Bank game here in about two weeks, I think we'll know a lot about them, and we'll know exactly where they're standing 
um, and, and if they can make a deep playoff run. Because if you can play against Red Bank, you can play against a lot of 4A teams. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's going to be kind of a, a, a benchmark. I think it'll be kind of a benchmark for Red Bank in, or, or in terms of mm-hmm. trying to see where they are uh, at that point mm-hmm. in, in the season. I, I think for, for East Hamilton, that's probably about where they should be ranked right now. I think you, you get a win over Red Bank. Maybe you bump up a little bit. You knock off Anderson County. I, I don't think it's out of the question to see uh, East Hamilton get up, you know, higher into that pole, maybe number maybe number two or number three before the end of the year if they can uh, remain unbeaten. Yeah, and, and the thing, thing about that is number five is East, uh, East Hamilton number five. In two weeks, they'll be playing Red Bank, who right now is number three. Uh, Red Bank at number three, Loudon at number four. So Loudon's still getting a lot of praise there for that. Interestingly enough, Chris, a team that we talked about last week or in our last episode about a team I thought was on the upswing, Apparently, the state's taking notice because Brainerd has 15 points or 15 points in the votes uh, and ones that are receiving 12 or more points. They're the only one there. So they're the impromptu number 11 in the state in 3A right now. If you want to look at it that way, your thoughts on Brian Chris? Yeah, I mean uh, they've uh, they've been impressive so far. They've won two big games. They've they've won the games as I think you would expect good football teams to win. Now, the real key for Brainerd comes this week. I, I think we find out Friday night because they've got to play Loudon. Now, the good news for Brainerd is they're going to play host in this game. They don't have to go too Loudon. They were shut out against Loudon last year, 35 nothing. but that was at Loudon. This year, Brainerd gets to be the home team. This is the week we're going to find out. If, if Brainerd wins this game, then all of a sudden, I think you lump them in with Red Bank and talk about them and Red Bank being the top two teams uh, in that region. And that would be your number 11 team against your number four team in 3A. Class 2A, we'll go through this real quick. Mex County at number two, no surprise. You know, I am kind of a little bit surprised. I'm not sure where Mex County is. Uh, I know they're a really good team. I know they played Greenback, and I'm sure that's where a lot of these these <laughs> these votes are uh, are resonating from is that Greenback win. Uh, but you got Mex County at number two. You got Tyner at number four, and then all the way down at number nine, you've got Marion County. This is like the old days in 2A, Chris, where you see three, maybe four Chattanooga area teams in that top ten. I I remember the three headed monster that was Marion County. Boyd Buchanan and Tyner when they were all in that same region, and even Meigs County making a splash back then. But, but Chris, I, I, I like seeing all these Chattanooga area teams in 2A uh, up high in the polls. Well, we got two regions here, and I think Meigs County's really dominant in one. Tyner's got a 14-game winning streak in the other. I think Marion County, as we've talked about here already on this podcast over the course of this year, is an up-and-comer. But I want to know, where's Bledsoe County? Oh, Ooh, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe we'll see them next week, uh, depending on how this game goes against Tyre this week. So that'll be one we'll talk about here here later in the podcast. Class 1A, South Pittsburgh at number one. Of course, uh, they've got the most first-place votes with 13. Uh, and at number six, uh, Copper Basin, which is kind of a surprise, kind of not, because I think, Chris, when you think about this, Copper Basin is 2-0. and oh. And how many teams in 1A are actually going 2-0 and because how many 1A teams get to play uh, maybe a, an easier – a lot of 1A teams have to play up to 2A, 3A. They don't really get to have that easy schedule to start out until they get in that region for most of them. So well, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, well, look at look at South Pittsburgh's schedule to open up the year. I mean, they open up against a mm. – against a, uh, what, a 
3A team. So, yeah, not everybody mm-hmm. gets that opportunity. You know, the only question I have about uh, Copper Basin, and I, I was high on them coming into the season, but, look, they just took on a team made up of homeschool kids last week and only won by two points, 14 to 12. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, maybe we pump the brakes a little bit on the hype for, for Copper Basin. And I, I want to mm-hmm. know who didn't vote South Pittsburgh number one because – uh, they need their Two head people, examined. Chris. Yeah, you you need to go. You, you need to go. You need more than a temperature check to get into a high school football game if you don't have those guys voted number one. I can, I can tell you fired. that. Yeah, I mean, come Shots on. But uh, look, we've talked about this. We we've talked about this <laughs> these polls before. You know, I'm not a fan of it because I used to be a voter, and I can tell you how these things work. And it mm-hmm. is all based off of where I guarantee you the two guys in the state that didn't vote. For South Pittsburgh are are out west are, are two people in West Tennessee. I can guarantee you, and they probably know nothing mm-hmm. about South Pittsburgh. And I also think there's probably a little bit of pressure to vote for the teams in your area. I always tried to do that. Mm-hmm. I tried to populate it and vote for as many Chattanooga area teams as I could back when I used to vote in this poll. And and I think that's mm-hmm. the way it happens. Look, we have a playoff system in the state of Tennessee, thankfully, and we don't have to rely on polls to really determine anything. And to me, I just mm-hmm. don't think it matters. I really don't. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't either, Chris. It's just I think this is the only gauge we really have to see where these teams rank across the state or where that kind of feel is. And early in the season, we may go, we may not touch on this for until later in the season when we have a lot more games. But I just wanted to kind of go in and show that, hey, we got some teams in our area that are there. Uh, by the way, uh, our Division two teams, we're not going to leave them out. Number four in Class AA, uh, they only do five in the in the Division two schools, uh, Division two classifications. Uh, Boy Buchanan, uh, number four. At, at 0-0 right now, they haven't played a single game. They're number four. And Notre Dame... CCS and Silverdale, we're, you know, Silverdale, Silverdale right now. We, we don't have a real good gauge on them, but two teams that maybe should be there, Notre Dame and CCS, aren't even in there. Boy, we can at number four at zero and zero. I think that's based off of last year's success a little bit, Chris. Yeah, there's, there's then, no doubt. People yeah. are looking at Notre Dame and going, oh, they went 0-10 last year. They don't, they don't realize what went into Notre Dame going mm-hmm. 0-10 last year and the fact that they're probably a little bit underrated. They were better than 0-10 last year, but injuries got them. If they could have stayed healthy last year, it would have been different. If they stay healthy this year, they'll crack, that, uh, they'll crack this ranking before the end of the year. Yeah, and real quick, in Class AAA, uh, McCauley at number one, no surprise. Uh, Baylor at number five. They've got Brentwood Academy, Christian Brothers, and NBA all ahead of Baylor right now. Of course, Baylor hasn't played a game, so we'll take that into account, Chris. What thoughts on that? Yeah, Baylor's too low. Real quick. Baylor's too low. Baylor's better than Not even than a game, five. and you're already saying they're too low. Yeah, Baylor, look, okay. Baylor's, Baylor's better than, than number five. Um, and I realize it's, you know, Macaulay and Brentwood Academy's number one versus number two this week. I get that. But this is, um, you know, Baylor's better than that, and we'll get to that when we talk about the Baylor and CCS game. I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I can understand why they're at number five because they haven't played a game, but also you got to give them credit where credit's due. Everybody knows the Baylor's going to be good this year. All right, Chris, let's get to some games. What do we have on tap right now? Well, before we do that, Chandler, let's take a quick break, and we'll come oh. right back here on SETN Preps, and we'll get you set. We'll take a look at our Friday night matchups when we come back.
Back on SETN Preps, Crisco, Fourth Chandler Morrison. We do this every week. We get you set for all of the big games in the area on Friday night. We've got a slew of them this week, a lot of them involving our local teams. And so, Chandler, let's go ahead. Let's dive right into it. We've got Chattanooga Christian School and Baylor this week. CCS, I know you saw it on Twitter last week, CCS breaking out some spiffy new-looking uniforms, man. Uh, I like those. Mm. They look great. CCS has – they've got – it's a great color combination that they have and uh, those new uniforms are sharp, so the Chargers will be looking good. It's the first game of the year for both of these two teams. I thought Baylor last year, really an underrated team, and then they were put out of the first round of the playoffs, so maybe those sports writers that we just talked about in the last segment here on the podcast, Chandler, that are saying that you know Baylor's only number five, maybe they're right and I'm wrong for saying Baylor should be ranked higher. I thought the state was sleeping on Baylor last year. I think they're sleeping on Baylor again this year. You've got a big-time running back in Elijah Howard. You've got a big-time quarterback in Neyland Jean. You can't mm-hmm. let those guys leave without a long playoff run at Baylor. And Baylor's got their offensive mm-hmm. guys back from last year. Defensively, though, that's where some of the question mark is for, for Baylor. They lost all of their starting defensive linemen from last year, plus their middle linebacker. He's now in the Southern Conference playing at Samford. He was their leading tackler a year ago. So I think there's some question marks up front defensively in that front seven for Baylor. Now, for CCS, they made it to the quarterfinals last year in Division II AA. That's saying something for that program when you're able to get to that point in the playoffs. Skill-wise, I think they're really good. There's two things CCS is going to have to do in this game. My opinion, Chandler, number one, they got to tackle well because Baylor's going to be big, fast, and physical. And the other thing is they have to have good line play. You cannot get whipped up front by Baylor if you're CCS, if you're going to mm-hmm. stay in this game. Baylor won it last year 49-6. to Unless you want to have a repeat of that for Chattanooga Christian, you've got to be better at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and I think what's known about this game is – is there's a lot that's unknown, Chris. I think we know a lot about Baylor. We know what they're bringing back to the table. But as far as CCS, we don't – I mean, not that we don't know a lot about them. We just don't know what to expect week one out of the gate. Um, and this is one of those situations where I wonder if it's it's even going to be – if it's going to be an advantage, if it's going to be a hindrance for a team to start out, you know, two week, in, in the third week to – and it's good that they're playing each other for their first game because it's also another team that's also getting their bearings – they play in their first game, too. But and we talk about this in, in week one. You know, these teams haven't had scrimmages or anything like that to do other than practice each other. So I, I wonder how, how this is going to work out of the gate as far as in the first half. I wonder if CCS is going to be able to kind of ground up some points there and be able to keep this a close game at least to the half because I think we all have a feeling that as good as Baylor is that they may not be able – you know, they'll they'll be able to kind of – put this one away if not early you know midway through the game or later um you you know i I, i'm interested to see how both these teams perform week one against each other because i think that's the most important factor is we know a lot about both these teams but the one thing we do know about both of them is they're going into their first game of the year and we've seen how that's impacted a lot of teams not having any scrimmage not having any jamboree or anything going into that first game two weeks ago 
Let's move on to our next game. This one is in uh, 3A where you've got a ranked team in Loudoun having to travel to Brainerd to take on a Brainerd team that's knocking on the door. It's the first real test uh, of the season for Brainerd. They've looked really good the first two weeks, but then again, so has Loudoun, and Loudoun won this game last year 35 nothing. Brainerd, though, they've beat Hickson, they've beat Howard, um, and Howard's a big rival, and let's let's be honest here, Hickson's just not very good. So Brainerd has some big play potential, especially at quarterback. Uh, Lattimore is the kid's name. He's really good. they got Nike Logan as a running back. They've got some skill, guys. But I think the key for Brainerd, just like what we talked about a minute ago um, for CCS, is going to be the play at the line of scrimmage, and they cannot afford to turn the ball over. You don't want to give Loudon uh, too many, uh, too many problem or too many more opportunities. Loudon, though, lost eight starters off their defense last year, and I think Brainerd's mm. really going to test them this year. I think more so than than a bad Greenback team uh, or Lenore City did. Now, on the flip side of that, can Brainerd stop Loudon? Because Keaton Herrig is back at quarterback. He threw for 200 yard, or 2,000 yards last year as a sophomore. He's a coach's son. His dad, Jeff Herrig, is the, is the head coach at Loudon. So that's the big question, I think, going into this game is I, I like Loudon to win it, but I think it's a big test for Brainerd to really see where they are right now and how much better they are this year. Getting this game at home, though, for Brainerd's big. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. And here's the thing about this. I think that – oh, sorry, I hit something. Let me restart that real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Chris, I think that, that Brainerd, you know, the big thing about Brainerd is we know that both these teams and this game are going to have great offenses. I want to know how good that Brainerd defense is because I think we got a sense of this Loudon defense, even though it's missing the starters even from last year and it's it's may not be, you know, have the same players there, may not have that depth or experience as they did last year. You know, you got to think, Chris, that I, when you look at Brainerd, how are they going to hold up against that Loudon offense? I'm not so concerned about the Loudon defense as I am the the Brainerd defense. Um, I think we both know both these teams are going to put up points. I think it's just going to depend on how how many points they hold Loudon to in this one. It's going to come down to that Brainerd defense. Um, I just don't see this coming down to any anything else besides that Brainerd defense. And if the Brainerd defense holds like it has in the last two weeks against a, a quality rival in Howard, who is a four A team, you know, I, I don't I don't know how this game is going to turn out. This could be the closest game we have all week. This could be a blowout in either direction, Chris. It just depends. Ray County and Walker Valley. Now you talk about contrasting styles here. Ray County with their wing T <laughs> offense, they're going to be very run heavy. And there's Walker Valley with quarterback Tucker Pope, who is one of the top passers in the area. So, and they're going to want to sling it all over the place. Tucker Pope last week against Bradley, 310 yards passing, 108 yards rushing. Ray County starting a freshman at quarterback. But honestly, Chandler, they don't seem to have missed a beat at all from last year. They had a lot of seniors last year that started for them on offense. So they're having to replace a bunch of guys. But so far, I think Ray County's looked pretty good. This should be, that is a such a competitive region now, and especially the Walker mm-hmm. Valley is getting to the point under Drew Aikens where they're going to start to be a factor in that race. We talked about that a little bit last week. I, I just think that there's a really good shot that 
this game is going to come down to the wire, and let's see who wins it. I, I think this may be this may be the best game on Friday night that gets played anywhere. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Chris. This is a very competitive region, uh, and this is going to be a crucial matchup. I, I think we had a different mindset going into last week. If you would have told me last week before that Bradley Central game, if you'd have said Chandler, this is going, I would have said, yeah, it's going to be a big game, but. Is it going to be close? Is it, what is it going to be like? And I think it's that Bradley Central game. Now, I know Bradley Central was missing their starting quarterback, right? But that was still an impressive outing by Walker Valley last week to keep that game close and, and to bring it down to the wire. I think that was a, you know, like a last-second field goal they missed that they could have tied it up and went to overtime, Chris. I'm really excited about what Walker Valley is doing and being able to stay in games, and it comes down to that passing game that they're able to do, you know, uh, you know, Ray County has played two teams out of area. You know, I know that they're good. I know they're not missing a beat. They are 2-0 coming to this game. I'm just not sure, other than that they're going to run the ball down your throat, I'm not sure what to expect from them, especially in this region matchup, because we haven't really seen them play anybody in our area. We don't have anybody to really compare them to. Um, You know, can we expect that Walker Valley team from last week to show up? And I I don't think they've shown us that they can't show up. I think the, the fact is, when you play a great game against a Bradley Central team like that, does it have a little bit of a wearing down effect on you where we were so close and now it kind of affects you going into next week? Um, you know, but if this game is close and if Walker Valley shows up, golly, it's going to be one heck of a game, Chris. I wouldn't be surprised if this one comes down to the last play or even goes down to overtime. Well, Chandler, there's only four teams in that region, Region 4, 5A, mm-hmm. Saudi, Ray, Walker, and Lenore City. Well, look, Saudi's off to a rough start. Now, I think mm-hmm. Saudi Daisy's good enough, and they got enough they got enough components there. They can turn it around a little bit. But Saudi's off to a rough start. Lenore City's not that good. Lenore City was they were one and nine last year in the regular season. All right, mm-hmm. they're not that good. So, no one was fighting them for fourth place, Chris. Could this Ray County Walker County game that we're talking about? Could this be the game that decides that region championship? I think it's going to determine who is in the driver's seat going through the rest of the season. But, I, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if we're not looking back on this game in October going, yeah, region championship was, was decided the first week of September. Yeah, and Chris, I think that's so important to realize because I think both of these teams right now, Looking as we see the as the, uh, the the high school landscape right now, both of these teams could beat Saudi. Both of these teams could beat Lenore City. So I think it's going to come down to that head-to-head matchup for them as you go down the road. Let's move on to our next game. Silverdale at Notre Dame. Silverdale coach Mike Connor got his first win as a head coach last week. I thought friend Notre, of the podcast. Yep, friend of the podcast. I thought Notre Dame looked good with their new offense in week one against Central. Turner Jenkins at quarterback for Silverdale to Cameron Bowen, those two guys are able to hook up on some big pass plays. I think the potential to be pretty good on offense is there for Silverdale. Notre Dame defensively was really good against Chattanooga Central. They forced five turnovers, held Central to fewer than ten first downs in that game. Notre Dame's got a new offense. Coach Charles Fant, when he was on us uh, on with us uh, back earlier in the in the summer, he talked about what that offense was going to look like, how they were going to go back to putting the ball in air in the air more, how they've got a linebacker playing quarterback. And I think so far, at least from what we have seen from Notre Dame, they've looked pretty good. 
and again, I go back to the fact that Notre Dame was a better team last year than what their record showed. They just had so many injuries. There's a lot of new faces for them this year. But I still think you've got to like Notre Dame and, and the opportunities for them to be able to win this game against Silverdale that I think is better under Mike Connor. But still, they've got a little ways to go before they can catch up to Notre Dame. Yeah, I do think they have a little ways to go, Chris. And, you know, for Silverdale, they have that much improved defense. I think that's crucial. Uh, is it going to be up to par with that Notre Dame defense? I don't, I don't think so at this point, but it's going to be getting closer and closer as time goes on. You know, I, I, I want to see how they fare against this Notre Dame offense that has been just rolling, Chris, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, and, and Notre Dame, they got that week off this past week because they weren't, they had the, the due to COVID, they couldn't play the team in Kentucky uh, that was Highlands. Yep. Uh, you know, so they get another they get another week to prepare for this game. Really, they knew that ahead of time, so it wasn't like they were waiting till Friday till Thursday and they say, "Oh, we're not having a game." It's like they knew that going into this week or last week. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to come down to preparation. And if I have to look at preparation, I've got to say that Notre Dame is in a really good spot here because they've been able to kind of look at that Silverdale offense, look at the Silverdale defense, and make their adjustments right off the right off the cusp here. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see how this Silverdale offense goes up against that Notre Dame defense. I, I know it sounds cliche. I know it's going to come down to defense. But but really, what is this offense going to do for Silverdale? We know we have the connection. We know we can play through there. Is Silverdale going to be effective against that Notre Dame defense that has been really cutthroat and has just been a stone wall against their opponents so far? Let's move on to our last game. This would be our game of the week here on SETN Preps. Tyner is at Bledsoe County. Uh, I think it's not only is it our game of the week, Chandler, I think it's the game of the year so far in the area. Tyner comes in. They've won 14 straight region games. They've been pretty dominant over the last couple of years. For Bledsoe County, this is the, the best team that I think Bledsoe County has had since Jason Reel was the head coach back in 2010 or 2011, and they put together that, that 10-0 and regular season. I think this is the best Bledsoe County team since then. Tyner, so far it's been all about Jeremiah Sawyer, 257 total yards against Central. How can the Bledsoe County defense contain him? And keep in mind, Tyner also has all five of their offensive linemen. And if you've ever watched Tyner, those kids, man, they stay on their blocks and they go hard every play. That's just the way Wayne Turner coaches. That's the way they always play at Tyner. I think right now these are the two best teams in that region. I think Bledsoe, they need to have a big night from Cadillac and from Harmon if they're going to have a chance in this one. And, and I really question whether or not Bledsoe has the speed because I know that Tyner's mm-hmm. got speed, and that may be the difference. Jeremiah Sawyer is a big-time athlete uh, I mean he's one of the you know he was in the the, the what do they call it the dynamite dozen in the Times free press he's mm-hmm. one of the 12 best players in this area you've got to figure out a way if you're Bledsoe to try to hem that guy in you're not going to stop him you just want to try to contain him a little bit not let him have 257 yards of total offense against you yeah, and, and Chris, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that you have to, as as the defense there, you have to be able to hold up. I think that's been Bledsoe County's kind of kryptonite against Tyner in these past few years, and I, I'll talk about that here in a second, but it's just been the defense and not being able to hold up 
to to the speed that Tyner's going to bring. Now, you talk about Tyner having that, that 14 straight region game streak, Chris. Um, the last region game that they lost is to an opponent that's not even in that region anymore, not even in their region. Uh, and that's Meigs County, who is actually in another region now, has moved around, and we've shifted. Um, you know, and Bledsoe County over the past two or three years has kept it pretty close. How close? In the past three years, Chris, Bledsoe County has averaged 10 less points in margin of victory than every other team in that region. In fact, last season, the average margin of victory of Tyner over the other region teams was 51 points. The margin of victory, I know this sounds like a lot, but this is just, you know, this is three touchdowns and whatever, but Bledsoe County kept that margin to 18. So they've kind of been that number two in the region, even if they haven't, you know, really proven it or really looked like it on paper. They've been kind of that number two in the region for a while, Chris, and I think they're tired of playing number two. Um, you know, and I think Butso County and Tyner have both had teams that can make a run. I think Tyner has the speed to make a bigger run, but this is where the rubber meets the road for Butso County. Uh, and really, it's not where the rubber meets the road. It's where the rubber meets the home field uh, because that's where they're playing, and I think that's going to be crucial to what Butso County is doing against Tyner is playing at home and having that kind of setup and, and having that home field advantage because I think that's so crucial when they have a big-time opponent, I just wonder if, if if the fans are realizing that this is the biggest game as, as, as it is. Yeah, I think there will be a strong turnout at, at Bledsoe. And, and I just, again, for me, it comes back to speed. Tyner's got so much, so much speed. All right, Chandler, that is a look at our preview of games this week including Tyner and Bledsoe County our game of the week want to remind folks Mm -hmm. follow us on Twitter at SETN preps we'll do our best to keep you updated on high school football all throughout your Friday night and uh, try to bring you as, as many scores and updates from games in progress as we can Chandler as we always do let's hop into our Power rankings, we do it every week. We give you our top five teams in the small schools. That's class 1A, 2A, and 3A. And in the large schools, that's class 4A, 5A, 6A, and then all the private schools. So, Chandler, let's hop into it. I'm going to start first this week. Since you went first last week, I'll go first this week. Um, Let's go with the small school rankings. I've got Bledsoe County in at number five. I've got Tyner in at number four. One of those teams will... Stay in the top five next week. One of those teams will probably drop out. I've got Meigs County at number three, South Pittsburgh at number two, and Red Bank is my number one team in the small school classifications. What about you? Yeah, Chris, I've got – we'll start for number five. I've got right now – I've got Bledsoe County at number five, number four. I've got Tyner, uh, number three. I have Meigs County. Number two, I have South Pittsburgh. And number one, uh, I've got Red Bank. I think that's pretty similar to yours. It's exactly uh, It's not the same thing. It's okay. exactly yeah, right. I was, try- I, was, I was trying to make sure I could find my rankings here, so I was making sure, but I, I think it was the same as yours as I was listening in. But All right, I was who do you have? Anyway, who so do you have? My opinion. Who do you have just outside the top five? Does anybody? I have Marion County right now. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've got, I've got Marion yeah. County if, if – Tyner or Bledsoe County, one of those two teams will drop out. I think Marion County is going to jump in. Uh, they will be the team that will will move into the top five next week. Now for the even large, if that game's close. Oh, see now you're now you're trying to bring logic into it. Come on, I was running off of emotion here. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
I'll have to think about it. If the game's That's close, your tracks, man. Uh, if the game's close, <laughs> I'll really have to give it some serious thought because I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I'll have to think about that. It is intriguing though to see to think that Marion County would be in the top five and going into the you know South Pittsburgh Marion County week with you know number two versus number five. That's that's interesting to think about, but I'll have to. I don't know. I'm gonna have to ponder that now. I guess I'll. I guess I'll root for a blowout in that Notre Dame in that uh, Tyner Bledsoe County game. Let's move on to the uh, the large school classifications now. I've got Walker Valley just outside my top five, but again, same way I feel about Tyner and Bledsoe. Somebody secures a spot with a win. Somebody would fall out with a loss. I feel the same way about Ray County and Walker Valley. I got Walker Valley just outside, but I got Ray County at number five. So one of those two teams is going to solidify their spot, and one of them will uh, will probably drop out of contention. At number four, I've got McMinn County. They're off to a very hot start. East Hamilton is at number three. Baylor's my number two team, and I've got McCauley, the Blue Tornado, at number one. Yeah, Chris, I'm kind of in that same realm. I don't have – uh, Ray County at number five, uh, simply because they haven't played anybody in the area, and that's not a spot against them. It's just I don't, I haven't seen how they compared to our competition here in the Chattanooga area. So at number five, I've got Minn County. Uh, number four, I've got Notre Dame. At number three, I've got East Hamilton. Uh, number two, I've got Macaulay. Number one, I've got Baylor. Just outside my top five, I've got Bradley Central and Walker Valley. I think right now Walker Valley is the better team. So. I know we're going down. I'm going in like seven spots here to put Ray County, but I think that's where they're at in my mind when I look at some of these other teams. I, I think I'll get a better feel for Notre Dame as we go forward, but I still feel like Notre Dame is pretty good, and they're doing doing a solid job there uh, in, in our large school rankings. Well, look, they were a much better team last year than than what their record showed. I mean, they had you know they were decimated mm-hmm. by injuries, and then they had a situation with a kid that they had. Uh, I think un, unknowingly played an ineligible player and had to forfeit some games, and it just turned really, really ugly on them. But they are a, uh, they were last year a much better team before all of the injuries set in. So um, I, I'm with you. Having Notre Dame in there is a good call on your part. Neither one of us had Boyd Buchanan in there, and I think that's almost out of sight, out of mind, because Boyd Buchanan hadn't played a game mm-hmm. yet. And so I think that may be, yeah. you know, may be kind of part of that too. So uh, we'll see. Those we've got some good teams uh, in our area this year. We we really really do. I, I you know, we've said before. I, I wouldn't shock me to see us have a one A, a two A, a three A, a four A representative in Cookville this year. And it wouldn't surprise me to see, um, you know, either Baylor or Macaulay back there in in Division Two. But I think, you know, South Pittsburgh. Meigs County, Tyner, uh, Red Bank, East Hamilton are all four public schools that I think are, you know, legit could be in Cookville uh, later in December. And then, you know, I see no reason to think that Macaulay or Baylor couldn't get back there again this year too. So we've got some teams. We've got a chance for uh, maybe multiple gold balls in state champions this year. Could you really foresee that, like last year? I know we saw a lot of these things. We knew some were going to be better, but could you really foresee that kind of potential going, you know, ending last year before we even got to, like, COVID? Could you even foresee any of that? 
Yeah, I mean, we knew South Pittsburgh was going to be good. We knew Meigs County yeah. would be good again. We knew Red Bank would be good again. Um, you know, again, East Hamilton, we knew they would be better. Just another year with Grant Reynolds, they would be better. It's just a matter of do they, you know, look. How far along? Well, yeah, can they get by Anderson County? I mean, that's that's it. That's the question. I think if you get by Anderson County, uh, if you're East Hamilton, I think it's going to open up some things going into the playoffs that, you know, you'll have a chance to, to make a, a deeper run. And then, um, you know, I think Macaulay and Baylor, I've said all summer, I thought Macaulay and Baylor were the two best teams in Division II uh, mm-hmm. all year. So, yeah, I think if I really thought about it, um, it's a not, I tell you, as somebody who likes our local teams and follows our local teams a lot, I think it's a good feeling to know that we've got that many teams that you can look at and go, hey, legitimately, it's not too far-fetched to think they could win a state championship or at least be in position to play for a state championship. And I think if you're a prep football fan in southeast Tennessee, that's kind of nice to hear or nice to think about. Yeah, I'm on the same boat, Chris. I, I think we got a lot that can represent um, – you know, in those classifications, I'm curious to see the one I'm really interested to see is that Division Two Double A because it just seems like every year it just it it turns itself on its head. It's like you expect this person or this team or this what, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, the second round of the playoffs are there and everything's up on its head uh, more than we even expected it to be. So I, I'm interested to see if it may one of our teams, one of our four teams in that division could make a run, and maybe it's one of those runs where it flips the table for everybody and they've made it like a Cinderella kind of run. But but I, I don't know that we would see one of them in the state championship. But I think Division II AA has more potential across the board to flip itself on its head than any other division, I think, in, in, high school, in, in Tennessee high school football. Well, that may bode well for CCS and for Notre Dame and for Boyd Buchanan. Because I think those are our three, and I agree with you. I think that's the hardest. Mm-hmm. That's the statewide. That's the hardest division to try to to try to pick. I mean, because I think you've got a, I think you've got a bunch of really good teams. I don't know that we've got a great team in there, and that's. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be determined. But you're right. It could very easily be flipped yeah. on its head come November. Who knows? I think I think it was our worst bracket challenge last year was in that division, and I think that was I think it was the worst out of any percentage wise. I think most of the bra- I think most of the brackets were less than fifty percent by the time we got to the second round. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's yeah. again I, to me I think that's the toughest one to pick. You got anything else for this week? I think I'm good. I think I'm all talked out and ready for some high school football. All right, that'll do it for us here on SCT and Preps. Make sure you uh, join us again next week. Uh, We'll be back with you on Monday. Chandler and I will take a look back at Friday night's action, and we will recap it all coming up on Monday. Until then, get out and enjoy some high school football. If you don't have a team, go adopt one. Go support high school football, and we'll see you back here on SCT and Preps.